Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Lady Gardener. If you think gardening is cool and would rather take a trip to the garden centre than go out-out, you found the right podcast. But also, you're not in the minority. Research from Draper Tools has revealed that over 80% of young people officially think gardening is cool, mainly because of its benefits for mental health and the environment. Draper Tools are sponsors of the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast, so why not join me in following them on Instagram, at Draper underscore tools. In this episode, I chatted to Chris from So Successful all about his journey in the horticultural industry, from setting up his own business to his magical greenhouse. We chatted about it all. I discovered Chris when he partnered up with esteemed podcast guest Lizzie from the Rose Press Garden to sell plug plants to top bulb lasagnas, a revolutionary discovery that has definitely changed my life. So I hope you enjoy our chat. Chris, how are you? Hey Shannon, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Looking forward to it being the weekend once again. <laughs> yes, yeah, they can't come soon enough. Never. I mean, it's literally Tuesday as we record this, so the weekend's only really just ended, but I just can't wait to get out to the plants. But you get to be around plants all day, every day. I do, yes, and uh, yes, the, the best thing that's ever happened to me, spending my life around plants. <laughs> so to get started, can you tell us about where it all began for you? Where did your passion for plants start? Uh, well, probably like most people that have come on your podcast and said that my grandparents got me into it. Um, <laughs> that's a common answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I do listen regularly and uh, yeah, I, I do relate to most people on here, but um <laughs> Yeah, grandparents got me into it um, and yeah, obviously gardening since I was at school um, and then I got a weekend job at a plant nursery local to me. Um, that was while I was still at school. Then I went on to an apprenticeship there um, doing production horticulture and that's where the true love of growing plants began, um, all the different propagation techniques and uh, yeah, fast forward. Um, what? 10 years and here I am. <laughs> Absolutely living the dream. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so can you tell us a bit about So Successful, which is your business? Is that right? Yes, I set it up um, just before lockdown in February last year. So uh, couldn't have come at a worse time. But there we go. Um, <laughs> it all, all happened in, in February last year. And uh, yeah, it's probably the best thing that uh, I've ever done to date. Um, obviously hesitant setting up an own business um, I was self-employed before that but had regular contracts this business was a completely new venture um, and uh, yeah I've been setting up ever since um, a year and a half on and I've now got a whole host of clients um, I've got two uh, two thousand square meters of greenhouses wow um, all completely full so uh, yes it's going well at the moment I'm glad to hear. And did you find that it was sort of when you decided to set it up, where did you source your space from? Did you find it was difficult to sort of get started or did you find it was kind of natural steps that got you to where you are? Uh, well, um, I used to work at uh, Thompson and Morgan and um, I worked there for about three years alongside their plant breeder. And that was at this site, which I am now running myself today. They left there about, mm, must have been about three or four years ago. Oh, okay. And 
I picked up um, that site. It, it was redundant, so TNM had left. No one took it on. Um, the landlord was looking for someone to to take um, ownership of the greenhouses. So uh, that's when I came along and said yes, please. And uh, yeah, I've, I've just taken over from where I used to work, which is uh, interesting. What an amazing opportunity as well. I can't imagine that that's a situation that crops up very, very often elsewhere. <laughs> no, no, it, it was um, very lucky. Timing timing came um, just right. And uh, yeah, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Um, I was looking at other land previously, um, but uh, yeah, it wasn't half as much space as I've got now. So uh, yeah, I'm very, very thankful. <laughs> and I can't imagine that they came with green, greenhouses and polytunnels. On the other no, side that, of that, land. that would have all been set up by me so uh yeah I'm glad I didn't have that to contend with <laughs> do you have do you know exactly how many greenhouses you do have in in a number uh well it's it's one large contained greenhouse but divided into three different sections oh, okay so one section is primarily for um, lots of new plants new introductions trials work so that's heated mm -hmm. um the second greenhouse um, well and third one are unheated but full of plants most of the year round and what kind of things do you get up to day to day I know you do quite a lot of plant trials is that sort of the primary focus yes so I set up the business with intentions to focus on independent plant and product trials so whether it be a breeder with a, a new line of I don't know let's say begonias or ranunculus or something they come to me and want me to grow them out mm -hmm. um, and keep an eye on how they grow and I produce reports at the end mm -hmm. that's how the business started um, I have diversified into a couple of other things so seed production being one of them which means that uh, I'm given either a load of seed to grow to produce more seed for either a retailer to sell or a stock seed um, that's one thing I do. Um, and uh, another thing is grow for, for flower shows like Chelsea just gone in September, which was uh, exciting. Yeah, definitely. And the um, plants growing out the seeds that must be require a lot of patience because it's quite a lengthy process, isn't it? To sort of get seed stocks up to a level that it's retailable. Yes, yes. Um, different seeds come with different challenges, but uh, but yeah, I've, I've thankfully been uh, handed some of the easiest ones to date. But um, I know there's a there's a lot of tricky stuff out there. So it's trying to to battle with um, the, the um, seasons because obviously this time of year is like spring. It's the perfect growing season for some crops, um, but obviously it takes longer. So it's trying to work out: are these things going to germinate, or are they just going to take two weeks longer? So there's um, yeah it's it's challenging sometimes but uh yeah mm -hmm. not all the time do you have any top tips on germination because I find that a lot of the time I have quite poor germination but I think it's to do with my own circumstances rather than the seed a lot of the time <laughs> uh yeah the, the the big thing um a lot of people fail on germination purely because of the age of the seed so if you're buying from garden centres, they should, if they're a good garden retailer, replenish the seeds each year. Um, but if you've got seed packets that are two, three, four years old, then germination rates are obviously going to diminish. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it's how you sow seeds as well. So whether you need to provide base heat um, to them just to give them a good start. A lot of gardening books will tell you to soak a lot of seeds. I, I will tell you that I think that's a complete myth. Um, oh, really? Sweet peas, ranunculus, what else do they ask? All sorts of peas and beans, they say soak. I've never soaked them and I've always got good germination. So okay. a lot of that stuff you read are, are myths, but um, there's no reason why you can't do them. I'm a bit of a token soaker. I'll pop it in a bowl of water for 10 minutes and then I'm like, oh yeah, that's enough now, that'll do. <laughs> I mean, for for, for just um, a gardener with like you an allotment or, or a, a small space outside, it's fine. You can do that. But commercially, I just haven't got the means of soaking mm -hmm. hundreds, if not thousands of seeds. And then um, it's, it's just not um, viable um, for large scale production. But for the home gardener, you may well get better germination I don't know but I've, I've never suffered with that <laughs> um, and on the note of peas and beans your sweet peas are looking insane they're just so perfectly straight and it's like the most satisfying photo to see the full trays with just all those perfect seedlings in it is it is quite amazing I, I go in the greenhouses every day and I, I have a look at them each day and there's just a a bit more on the plant and uh, that the first leaves are starting to form now but um, again the uniformity is all because it's all fresh stock seeds so mm -hmm. um, so it's all being collected over the last year so uh, oh, okay. so yeah haven't haven't soaked them but fresh seed never usually has bad germination mm -hmm. do you know how many sweet peas you've sown this year Mm, a few thousand I couldn't tell you <laughs> an exact number but uh, they won't all be used I always over sow by sort of up to 50% just in case of poor germination but I think I'm gonna have a lot of spares this year <laughs> it looks like the germination's been pretty good from the photo yes yeah um and will you spring sow as well or do you only autumn sow the sweet peas um autumn sown generally provide much stronger plants and earlier flowering um, spring sowings I have done and there's no problem with spring sowings you just get a later flush of flowers but the plants aren't quite as strong they're more leggy mm -hmm. and you you tend to find the, the flower stem lengths are a lot shorter as well from spring sowings so autumn sown keep them growing through the frost is uh, how I've always found to be the best way of growing sweet peas mm -hmm. see I have never actually been successful with autumn sowing the sweet peas either because I'm not very good at sticking to a schedule or because the mice eat all of the seeds and then I end up re-sowing and then the mice eat the seeds and then I end up re-sowing and then by the time I manage to stop the mice from eating the seeds it's spring and so it's no longer an autumn sown sweet pea um but this year is the first time I've kind of got ahead of the game I've sent them to my sister's house on her balcony and they're sort of away from any rodents that could steal them away and they're doing quite well there although they're a bit taller than I think they should be at this point because it was so unseasonably warm and I'm I, I was debating whether to pinch them but I think I'm just going to leave them <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, rodents uh, mice are the worst kind of pest with sweet peas um, even mm. when you've planted them in the ground you've got to be so careful um so uh, yeah I try and keep the mice away but um yeah if you've got leggy plants this time of year there's no reason why you can't pinch them so um it, as soon as they've got one or two sets of true leaves come out then uh, yeah do pinch them it won't hurt them at all okay so I, I'm debating it I just 
I don't know if they're just going to slow down enough that it won't matter so much or whether I should. What would they, they will slow down over winter, like with most plants, they kind of go into dormancy. So they'll, they'll sort of, now we're um, out of the proper warm weather as such, um, they will sort of stop growing now. So uh, yeah, if they get too leggy, you can still pinch them. They'll, they'll mm -hmm. still get through the frost. They're not as leggy as my spring ones always are. So they're still stronger than they would be if I sowed them in the spring. <laughs> Um, so what else have you been autumn sowing? I know you've you, like your greenhouse must be full pretty much all year round, but what's what's your favourite things to sow in the autumn? So another big crop that I um that, well that gets me through winter really is hellebores, also known as the Christmas rose. Um, it's my favourite plant. It's a hardy plant. Um, you get them in a whole host of colours. Um, and they're a plant which I keep outside for what five or six months um, during the summer and then I bring them into the greenhouse in winter and those plants I use for seed production so what I do is basically act as a bee because bees are obviously sleeping through winter now so I can't use pollinators so um, and I don't want to mix the colours either so what I do is with a paintbrush every single day in about <laughs> In about two weeks' time, I'll be starting to get my paintbrushes out and uh, pollinating every single flower to uh, obviously produce seeds for for um, next year. So, um, so that's a crop that I love to grow, which I'm I've just got into the greenhouse now, just cleaned up. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, as as we speak, the greenhouse is now full of seventeen hundred plants. Wow! Um, and and growing. So next year uh, there'll be even more. So. Uh, <laughs> There's no shortage of hellebores. That's my favourite crop. But apart from that, there's not much else apart from the sweet peas growing this time of year. Mm -hmm. um, and with the hellebores, are they quite difficult to grow from seed or are they quite... I had never even really considered growing them from seed. Hellebores are tricky to grow from seed. Um, they have to go for a cold spell outside. Mm -hmm. So unlike most seeds where you sow them in a, in a seed tray... Um, and will germinate within two or three weeks. Hellebores, you've got to sow them, keep them outside over winter. Um, so as soon as you've collected the seed, sow them, leave them for a year outside. You'll see nothing for a year. Then after a year, they'll start emerging. Oh, so wow. uh, don't lose hope if you don't see any signs of life for a year. They're still <laughs> there and they will grow. Not one for the impatient gardeners then. <laughs> No, not at all. That that's why hellebores are generally a bit more expensive to buy in garden centres because obviously you have got that long lead time of, um, of uh, from sowing to flowering. It takes about three years for a hellebore to flower as well. Oh wow! So uh, so what you go and see in garden centres will be at least maybe two, if not three years old or more. So uh, yeah, they really, really appreciate the value of them. Yes, but, but they are one of winter's best plants, um, along with the, the winter flowering bulbs. I, they are my favourite. What winter flowering bulbs have you got this year? Did I see you've got um, some nerines? I've got some nerines as well. Yes, I've, I've got nerines. Um, I've, I'm also a glamphophile, um, also called a glamphomaniac, I believe, um, <laughs> which means I... <laughs> I collect snowdrops for a living. It's, it's just a hobby I do. Um, I, 
snowdrops there's so many hundreds of different varieties out there and i've been collecting them for years um and i've got quite a collection now um and that is a, a great um winter flowering plant which you can if you choose if choose the varieties um carefully you can get flowers from late november into march april time oh, when wow. most people seem to think they're a january to march kind of flower you can start in november oh i didn't know that um so do you also have an amazing garden as well as your greenhouse so my garden is so small <laughs> i i never get time to be in it so uh <laughs> they people always think that gardeners must have the best gardens there couldn't be anything more untrue um honestly my garden you don't want to see it it's it's not great <laughs> so do you grow your snowdrops in the greenhouse then or like in that sort of growing space around there uh, snowdrops um obviously grow better outside under the shelter of trees and stuff i grow mine in pots because um, mm -hmm. i like to keep the varieties separate um, and to keep an eye on how they're doing because uh, like most bulbs they produce more bulblets which turn into actual bulbs um, each year so uh, they multiply quite easily um, some varieties more tricky than others but what I do is grow them in pots each year in about October time I'll um, turn them out of the pots divide the bulbs and repot them just to keep them in fresh new compost and mm -hmm. uh, bulk up the numbers that I have but uh, but yeah if you're growing any bulbs they're always best outside if you can yeah definitely I'm really excited this year because it's the first year I've properly gone I say all out I think I thought I'd gone all out but you know when you order 100 bulbs and then you think that seems like loads but actually it's nothing and you need another six six to eight hundred to fill like one small bed um but I have gone as all out as I've ever gone with the spring bulbs um so I'm interested to see what the display is like because before I didn't realize you could plant things like tulips and um, daffodils so close together and so my beds were very sparse with these very thin tall plants and a lot of brown mud underneath it's it's amazing how you can get through such a big pack in so little time yeah. honestly um, bulbs you think you're buying a pack of 100 that will go around the whole garden you might need five packs it, they go very quickly but yeah. you do a show-stopping display out of it yeah I think next year I'll probably quadruple what I've ordered but I just had to work with what I had this year and so I'm hoping that the ranunculus will kind of um fill up the areas that I didn't quite fill with the bulbs because I have got quite a lot of ranunculus and they're slightly bigger plants so fingers crossed yep and I know you've been planting um plug plants on top of um bulbs as well which is something I'm trying to promote um obviously with a, with a certain company that you uh, know well I don't know if I can discuss them here but <laughs> but yeah um, a lot of people don't know you can um, plant lasagna pots so mm -hmm. bulbs layers of bulbs and then while the bulbs are dormant not doing anything why don't you plant some some winter flowering plants on top of them so uh, a lot of people don't know that but, uh, but no and I I didn't until like you say Lizzie from the Rose Press Garden she is one of I'm a big fan of hers and now that we're friends it's just the ultimate dream come true um she after she started selling your plug plants I'd never even considered that that was an option um and I think it kind of makes the whole bulb planting quadruply exciting because you're not just putting something in bare ground and then waiting for nothing to happen for three or four months 
um and I've got loads of flowers on on my in my pots and I put them over the half a bed that was filled with um different tulip bulbs they're in they've got plug plants all over them as well and it's just so nice to have like those little splashes of color around when actually it would be quite a lot of barren soil and I think it's better for the soil if you have plants growing throughout the year rather than just leaving it bare so it's an all-round winner oh definitely yes I'm, I'm all for color all year round mm. um, so so many people I, I still talk to think you can only get color in the garden in summer that no it's so untrue you can get color all year round if if, if you look for the right plants you can have color all year in the garden how much do you love it when people go oh is that the gardening all done for the winter then is this the quiet season and you're like mm, yeah yeah definitely the quiet <laughs> season <laughs> This is just like spring. It's it's one of the, the um, busiest times of year for me right now. It, it yeah. couldn't be busier. As you think things are settling down and it's getting quieter near Christmas. No, honestly, I haven't stopped for the last few weeks. Um, I, I hardly get weekends off at the moment because I'm just <laughs> trying to, to get everything done in time for Christmas. But yeah, it's so busy. It is a busy one. And I think it's such a good time to be productive as well. Like I know people think that because it's cold, people don't want to be outside. But actually, <clears throat> it's a great excuse to kind of be outside and stay busy and carry on doing those things. Despite the weather, just put a warm jacket on, you'll be all right. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's there's so much to do in the garden, like clearing up leaves that 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 can be a well, I can take weeks because as soon as you think you've you've cleared them one week, the next week they're all back again. And uh, that can make great leaf mulch. So if you've got space, if you're lucky enough to have space to compost them, then do. I, I, I try and compost all of mine and uh, it's great for putting back on the beds and replenishing the goodness in the soil. So there's, there's so much to do in the garden this time of year. Definitely. The leaf um, mulching is actually on my list to do for this weekend. I've got like a fancy leaf blower slash picker upper mulching contraption thing. Um, and I'm super excited to use it and make leaf mold for the first year because it's just like free compost, really, isn't it? Free nutrients. It is, yeah. You can pay a lot of money for these soil improvers, but why spend this money when you can make your own for free? Yeah, I mean, definitely. a lot of people don't have the space um, for compost bins and that's understandable. But uh, yeah, if you've got the space and it's it's free soil improver. I mean, you can't use it for growing plants, mm -hmm. um, but you can definitely use it for mulching beds. Yeah, definitely. So what else have you been up to this winter other than the, the leaf mulching, sowing sweet peas and the um, hellbores? Uh, well, it's all about preparation as well. So it's preparing for the spring. So while you're getting all the winter sowings done and plants tidied and garden leaves raked up, you're, you're also preparing for the year ahead. So it's trying to work out what you need to order. So seed um, ordering, you need to start preparing that now. Um, cleaning down the greenhouse glass, putting your insulation up, everything like that. That's that's all involved as well. So uh, that keeps me on my toes. I can imagine. Um, and so when will you start sowing seeds again in the new year? Are you an early seed sower or do you tend to hold off a bit later? I guess because you've got the heated greenhouse, you've got both options. Yeah, um, it doesn't really bother me uh, when I sow seeds because, um, yeah, I've got the option of of uh, of heating seeds as well but um but yeah any time in the spring is um is absolutely fine with me um and i think yeah for for anyone else um yeah spring sown plants uh, well it doesn't matter what time of year you sow them you're going to get good results out of them 
fair enough. One size fits all. <laughs> exactly. Um, and what are you most excited to grow for 2022? You can have like a top five if you need a top five. Most excited. Oh, there's, there's so many new plants around. Um, I, I'm, I love change and I love how plants are evolving. Um, you, you, there's, there's plants that have been around for years that you see in all sorts of mail order catalogues and garden centres. But, uh, but breeders now are really ramping up. Um, the, the process of um, of breeding plants, um, building in um, pest and disease immunity into plants, um, and and funky colours and and very variations. So um, there's there's so much that I'd, I'd love to try next year. Um, I haven't quite worked out exactly what I'm going to be growing, <laughs> but, uh, but if if I could grow everything, I would. But there's a, there's a barrier to how much I can grow, so uh, I've yet to work that one out. Fair enough. One of the jobs on the list for the winter. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put that ball back in your court now. What are you looking forward to growing on the allotment next year? Oh, God, everything. I, I feel like this year I got like a real second wind, like love for growing. But obviously this year I discovered flowers. Um, and so next year is all about the flowers. I am opening my rosepress garden advent calendar every day and every day I'm like oh, I love it I'm so excited for this one um but well probably what I'm most excited for as a in general is my sister's getting married in August and I have set myself the task of growing her wedding flowers and it might all go pants and we have to order them but um we've picked like dahlias and zinnias and fillers and foliage and eucalyptus and bits and pieces and I'm super excited to sort of see it all come together hoping that it all blooms for the right time which bear, bearing in mind that this year and last year have been the absolute polar opposites and you couldn't guess how it was going to turn out we'll see how that goes but it's it's been really nice to actually have a bit of focus in that I've had to plan the allotment a bit better and plan the varieties a bit better so that they're actually sort of being planned for bouquets as opposed to I'm just chucking random flowers here there and everywhere and hoping that it works out um so yeah next year I'm excited to have a bit more of bouquets rather than just little random posies of 10 centimeter stems that I've cut from here there and everywhere that's that's amazing I can't wait to see how you get on with that yeah it's if if next year is anything like this year literally anything could happen that the summer we've had just had has been awful to say the least um yeah. so yeah it'd be interesting to see how you get on with that yeah well I'm hoping it well I'm hoping it goes well if it doesn't it doesn't but things like the dahlias I was like ultimately you can have them for years to come so even if they don't manage to bloom for your wedding they might bloom for your wedding anniversary <laughs> <laughs> But it's quite, it'll be nice to have some things that we can kind of keep for years to come. And it's exactly my colour scheme anyway. So I probably would have grown those flowers regardless. It's just now I have a better excuse to sort of dedicate more of the allotment to flowers. But I am still excited about the veg. I'm just going to grow a much smaller quantity and just really focus on growing what I actually like to eat rather than things that look fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's like me because I started off um, when I had my first uh, weekend job. I had an allotment as well, and I used to go oh, there okay. 
every single day that I could that I had spare. When I had an hour spare, I was down the allotment and I used to love it. I used to grow all sorts of veg, um, yeah, all sorts of uh, things like raspberries. Um, what else do I have? Tomatoes, melons, you name it. But um, it got to a point where I just couldn't commit any more time to the allotment. And I, I really didn't want to give it up. I really didn't. But I just completely ran out of time. So uh, I, I thankfully I knew someone who took it on from me. But uh, but yeah, I'm really disheartened me is losing the allotment. But uh, then I moved out of the village and uh, yeah, I couldn't have it anyway. Mm-hmm. I think it like sometimes I think about moving and I'm like, oh, I just like but. I don't know what I'd do without it because it's such a big part of my life now I think if I was um in like a horticultural job where I could be around plants all day I probably would find it a bit easier but for the moment I'm like it's my only like haven of plants <laughs> yeah no you, you need you need somewhere to if not do anything you just need somewhere to go and just um yeah think about things like when you're stuck at home your attention's on everything else but yourself but with an allotment you can go there and focus on the things that matter to you more and give yourself some some breathing space and that's what I loved as well so if Mm. if I had a bad day I could go down there and I'd be fine after an hour I could go home again yeah it's such a good focus I find like something as monotonous as like sowing seeds or pulling weeds or anything like that is basically like therapy like you kind of forget about all of your other problems and the only thing that really matters is pulling up that bloody weed root (laughs) exactly yeah yeah no that's that's everything I loved about it and uh yeah obviously I can do that with the greenhouse now but I've still got distraction of work around me so um, while I'm there I'm thinking oh but I should have been doing this should have been doing that I'm not focusing on just me so uh, it's nice to have that safe space where you can go and spend time just yourself and uh yeah obviously you've got that luxury and I wish I still had that <laughs> I mean I wish I had your amazing growing space for the with the three sections <laughs> <laughs> although my shed is getting there <laughs> no it's looking good I, I, I keep seeing updates on the shed and uh yeah very envious because I haven't got anything like it <laughs> well did did you build a shed recently I have just built, yes, yes, I've just this weekend just gone, had a shed built for, I've just been investing in uh, some new equipment. So Mm -hmm. uh, like with the plug plants I've been growing, um, that was all done by hand. So like most people do, sowing seed trays by hand and then pricking out, which takes so much time when you're doing it on a large scale. So what I've done is I've bought myself a seed sowing machine. Oh, wow. you can sow seed directly in trays via a machine and it takes less than half the time to do everything so uh really looking forward to that so that's what the new shed's for is to house the the seed sowing machine so that i can <laughs> go in there in spring and spend most of my days i mean that sounds very exciting does the shed have windows <laughs> it does yes oh, and I, I faced i faced the windows towards the sun so you get maximum heat as well so it's yeah it's hopefully fingers crossed it should be uh be quite nice in there but uh but yes i have just uh, had that done this weekend yeah well that sounds like an absolute game changer think of all the extra time you'll have next year you could probably get an allotment again <laughs> I-, I wonder what to do with myself i might just do that <laughs> i'm sure you'll find plenty of other things to busy yourself with to be perfectly honest <laughs> of course yeah that's that's always the way you think you've got a um, a nice 
free a week coming up, but that free a week then gets put up another week and another one, and you never have a free week. So never. <laughs> Do you know coming. what? I actually this weekend had to say like, right, that's it. Now the shed project is done for this year. Like there is other stuff I want to do, but it just needs to stop there because I need to go and focus on all of the other areas of the allotment that have been very neglected over the last few weeks where I've just been so focused on trying to get that right because I want somewhere nice to be over the winter. But I've just spent all my time in there and I've actually not got any of the jobs that I should have done, done. Like I've still got um, alley and bulbs to sew. And I'm sure in the last two podcasts, I said I really need to sew those this weekend and I've still not done them. They're still in my kitchen cupboard. You're not alone. I think all of us do that. We're all guilty. So yeah. <laughs> I said um the other day I need to like get back to not neglecting my plants because I have actually lost a few to the not watering because I've been too busy taking pictures of my shed with mold wine <laughs> smoking <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> but that's priorities, isn't it? It is, yes, got to prioritise what's best for you sometimes. So, uh, yes, and I, on, I, I, on that okay. note, that's my plant fail of this week is that I've chosen mulled wine over plants by accident. Um, but have you had any like garden fails over your career that you'd like to share? Plenty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even even the best growers have failures. Um I, to name one, I, I don't know if I can even remember, but there's been so many things that I've done wrong, which I thought, I wish I hadn't have done that, or I wish I'd have done that better, I'd have sown that earlier or whatever, but uh, there's been so much in, in my years, um, even fully trained like me, gone to college, learned everything, you still do things that you were told not to do. Um, and you realise why you shouldn't have done those things. But uh, <laughs> sometimes you have to learn for yourself. You do, yeah. And I, I think uh, learning yourself is the best way because then if you do something wrong, you don't do it again. Mm. Well, sometimes <laughs> I'm terrible for not learning from my own mistakes and then being like, oh, it didn't work out again. That's a shock. <laughs> um, I wrote down a note here actually. When you do your plant charts, you must take a lot of quite specific notes on sort of the everything that you're doing. Is there any notes that you'd recommend sort of the home gardeners take? Because I always have the best intentions of taking notes on what I'm doing. I've got a lovely five year planning book, but I think I'm never really sure what is the most important information. What am I really going to want to remember year after year about those plants when I sowed them what they did? So number one, I would suggest um having a label of each thing with a date on so whether that be a date that you've sown the seed or that you've bought it and planted it or anything a start date is always the best way to begin um because then you can go back and reference for next year if you want to if it done well and uh, you, you can't remember when you sowed it then you can look at the label ah i sowed it then so that's the best way to start so keeping records always date everything um i i do it uh, more in depth by um by dating every everything that happens so when it first when a plant first flowers i'll note the date of that um and to how long it flowers for obviously you don't have to do that as a home gardener but uh, that's the sort of records i keep um so dating everything um also uh, yeah, you, you want to be keeping an eye on, um, as, as I just previously said, um, when things start flowering, 
Um, so when best to move them outdoors or indoors for the best displays. Um, there's all sorts of information which you could be renoting down, but uh, I think that's that's my main two. Mm -hmm. Do you know, I don't actually do that. I've seen people write the date and I think that seems like a good idea, but I've never actually done it. I am terrible for labelling, though, because what happens is I'll label a tray of seeds and then when they get potted up into another pot, I have one label and I'm like, I'll remember that that group is the same plant. And then I never do. And then I'm like, I have no idea what this is, which is why my border in front of the shed this year, all of the tall plants were at the front and all of the short plants were at the back because I had no idea what anything was. I'd never grown it before. And then was like, oh, right, mess that one up. <laughs> I mean, there's no harm in keeping more than one label with things, um, mm -hmm. even if you write on the back of another label keeping every record you can with them on that label or two or three um, is no bad thing because there's nothing worse than going back to that thing and wondering when something was done or whatever and realizing you haven't got that information so it's going to be another year before you can even remember it so uh so yeah definitely date everything and especially with the because I have always wanted like an ombre dahlia bed and in my head, I'm like, right, label everything properly so I can get it into the right colour palette. And every time it ends up planted out, because there's always one or two that I'm like, oh, just, I don't remember what it is. It's just going to have to go here. And there's nothing worse than when you've got like an absolutely gorgeous border and then you've got one plant that's the complete wrong colour because it shouldn't have been there. Yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. I've, I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> um, and do you have a plant nemesis? I mean, I have about 100 plant nemesis things that you just really struggle to grow? Um, things that I struggle with. Um, 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 not particularly. Um, I can't say I have and I can't even think of anything. Um, <laughs> no, is the answer to that one. <laughs> I would say my plant nemesis this year is, for some reason, Sweet Williams. I just can't, can't get them to germinate. I've done like three batches over like three months and not a single one has germinated hmm, that's that's strange mm. you, so you you've you've gone on to the bedding plants and that's reminded me of one which uh, i sometimes struggle with which is cosmos oh, um, really? which should be one of the easiest plants to grow um people always say the books will tell you if you want to um begin gardening plant cosmos um <laughs> <laughs> which I have grown successfully but some of them just do my head in <laughs> um, distorted growth um, pinching at the wrong times um, yeah you can go wrong with cosmos they should be easy but sometimes they're not so easy so yeah I, I would say yeah down down the bedding road cosmos is one I actually had not trouble with cosmos this year but the stems were just so short they were like they were the 10 centimetre blooms that I kept put, trying to make into bouquets and they just weren't long enough. And I'm sure that all of my cosmos the years before, because I've never had trouble growing them before. I say that the first year I probably bought them from the garden centre. The second year I did grow them myself and the third year was this year. But um, yeah, I've never noticed the stems being so short before. I don't know if maybe that was a pinching error. Possibly. And uh, they do have a tendency also you can plant cosmos if you're careful you can plant cosmos a lot deeper like tomato plants they produce roots out the side of the main stem um, you can plant cosmos plants 
deeper in the soil than you generally usually would with most other plants. What I've found though is if you can do that, but if you overwater even very slightly, the stems will rot and die. Oh. Um, so yeah, it, <laughs> that's what happens when you grow in pots. If you're growing outdoors, that may not happen as much, but growing in pots, cosmos are one of those plants which I find actually quite tricky. <laughs> well to be fair I think a lot of people will take great pleasure in that that they they can grow cosmos <laughs> there'll be people out there a lot better than me I can assure you <laughs> um, I'm actually opting to go I will still grow some cosmos but I'm going for zinnias next year because I find cosmos a bit of a faff to be honest they look beautiful and they're all lovely and wafty and whatnot but they're just a bit too fragile for bouquets and like that's the kind of thing I like it for and the petals just fall off every time you try and arrange them and I'm like it's a bit disheartening after all that time <laughs> yeah no I, I agree and yeah I think zinnias are a great option love zinnias um all different colors mm. yeah you you can put them in um, flower arrangements um they look great in pots borders hanging baskets they just look good anywhere and they've got such a long life because you've got kind of like when they first bloom and then a lot of them I don't know exactly what it's called, but they go like extra poofy at the top. Yeah, yeah. And, and the more you um, deadhead them as well, the more they flower. And I, I've had zinnias um, growing in pots this year through summer and they've gone on. I think they were one of the last flowering plants before the winter hit. I think oh, wow. they were all flowering well into early winter. Um, they, they don't stop. Um, my cosmos were actually like that this year. I think one of the plants didn't flower until... I want to say late October and then it went wild and then the frosts hit like late November and they were gone so it was only like a month but they were like one of the few flowers that were still going super late into the year but we had mental weather this year so I think the plants are just a bit confused. Yes yeah most plants are confused this year so I, I hope we have a better summer next year but uh, who knows. Me too, me too. <laughs> Um, if we start off with a good spring, though, I feel like that's the sign of good things to come. Because what was it last year? It was absolutely tropical. This year it was a bit, was it a bit wet? I feel like it was quite wet. Uh, yeah, it was quite wet. Um, my birthday is the end of February. And for some reason, I don't know why, but every year for the last three years, the end of February, the 26th of February, has been best day of spring I've known my oh, birthday's wow. always been an amazing glorious sunny day I don't know how or why it happens but it does so I always remember that <laughs> <laughs> well fingers crossed in 2022 <laughs> perfect well I think we're just about done but one more question um if you had if you could give one piece of advice to someone who was just getting started with growing plants what piece of advice would you give Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would start off um, with some of the easier um, seed raised bedding plants. Um, if you want to get into gardening, um, simple seed sowing compost, um, grow some of the um, standard, um, <laughs> I say cosmos or um, <laughs> <laughs> any easy flowers um, to grow from seed. Um, start off with that and you, you'll find a fascination in it that's how I started um, and then you start um, potting those plants on and then uh, taking cuttings is the next step but that I wouldn't do for a year or two but, <laughs> um, but yeah so, so sow some uh, seed in spring 
see how it goes and you'll be hooked. Mm, I agree. And actually, I lied. Follow on question from that. What bedding plants would you really recommend to avoid that bare soil fiasco beneath the tall plants? Um, bedding plants, I would always recommend um, begonias, one of them. There's so many different begonias out there, some of them tuberous, which means they, they grow from tubers, so they're, they're hardy. As long as you keep them out of the frost, they grow each year. Um, some of them are seed raised. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say uh, begonias are a good one. Um, zinnias, also a brilliant bedding plant because um, they, they flower for ages and, and they fill they fill gaps um whatever lobelia are a great plant as well you can okay. grow lobelia from seed um that's what i did this last year i grew them in spring um and rather than potting on um one seedling per pot which you usually would with lobelias you can put about 10 to 20 plants cram them into one pot and that will produce a spectacular display so if you want to fill a pot or a basket grow lobelia that's the kind of thing i like to hear because i'm not a fan of pricking out <laughs> <laughs> no that they are probably one of the easiest lobelia so i would i would stick with those if i were you i've actually never i can't even picture a lobelia i must know what it is but i've never grown them i'll definitely have my list delicate flowers so you'll see often in hanging baskets you can get semi-trailing ones um so they they just hang over the side but aren't too trailing but they're not upright so the side of the basket is still on show so they're a great one for filling gaps and uh, yeah they're one of the best oh i'm definitely going to go and check those out um well i will wrap it up just about there but if people want to follow along with your growing adventures where can they find you uh, so instagram is the best place because i i try and post uh, most days what's going on in the greenhouse and uh and yeah, my successes and failures, I will always, <laughs> uh, always, <laughs> always keep people posted. So yeah, Instagram at so underscore successful. Um, that's where you can find me. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you for having me. It was great to hear from Chris. I really love hearing about everyone's gardening adventures and I find it so inspiring when people manage to turn a passion into a successful career. If you don't already, definitely head over and follow Chris at so underscore successful to keep up to date with his growing adventures. If you've enjoyed listening today, please do subscribe to keep up to date with upcoming episodes and leave a review. In the meantime, I'd love to hear any of your questions and stories on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener. That's all from me this week. Happy growing!